Yeah, no, it's just, I don't know, it's just such a great song. And ever since I heard it, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this one is just such an over-the-top story that she's telling in this one. Or it's like, well, she has a lot of over-the-top stories she tells in her songs. But this one, it just really took the cake for me as, like, sort of, like, a really unique sort of sci-fi picture. 85 into 86, we, me and Peter and Chris, you know, the other two from Homeground, we were in contact with um, Kate and her family a lot um, because we did conventions, um, and obviously she'd asked us, Kate had asked us, as we discussed last time, to be in the Big Sky video and organise the band. And then with Experiment 4, obviously it was in the build-up to the release of the whole story um, album, and obviously this is a single coming from it. And we were, at that time, we'd had a couple of meetings at the plan. Kate wanted to have a fan event, like not, not exactly like a convention, so we hit on the idea of having a a party which was going to be on um, the day before release. I suppose about, I think it might have been John Bush called called us up and said that Kate would like the three of us to be in the video uh, for Experiment 4. And obviously we didn't have to think about it very hard. Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the last original non-album track from the Hounds of Love era that isn't a collaboration, and that is the only new song from the whole story, Experiment 4. sat in your lap and she was on for babushka and we're calling all the way to canada to talk with me it's me i'm vanessa hello everybody hey! i'm so excited to be hack yay <laughs> no i put out the call for like hey i don't have any folks for these songs and you're like hey i want that one i'm like yeah you can have that one <laughs> i totally do it's it's a great song what can i say i know <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> to talk about it so First things first, Vanessa, what is your, uh, what does this song mean to you? Why is this one of your, why was this one you were like, oh my God, nobody has this song, I need to pick that one. Oh my God, I don't know. Other than the fact that it's a cool song, of course. Yeah, oh no, it's cool, it's camp, it's over the top, it's everything (laughs) I'm about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, I don't know, it's just such a great song, and ever since I heard it, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this one is just such an over-the-top story that she's telling in this one. Or it's like, well, she has a lot of over-the-top stories she tells in her songs. But this one, 
it just really took the cake for me as like sort of like a really unique sort of sci-fi picture and the music video oh <laughs> the music video oh my god i love the music video oh my oh, I god i love it too i was just watching it earlier today i'm like i haven't seen that in a long time and i watched it and i was like oh. <laughs> that's a classic oh it is is it oh my god oh my all right so where do we even start with this <laughs> so well how about we start like what was so for me well, the first time i heard this song was on the whole story i was just getting into kate bush going back about i guess now by the time this comes out this is coming out in late 2019 so it's been about 14 years since i first heard this song oh and yeah, I heard this back when I got the whole story because I heard, oh, it's her greatest hits collection, and that's kind of where I started. I mean, that's probably where a lot of people started. Even folks who are probably listening to this like, oh, yeah, this was my thing, you know, a long time ago. I had the whole story. So I got the whole story used from a place that doesn't exist anymore right across the river in Norfolk. And I was getting, I actually got this and a uh, copy of uh, Little Earthquakes, I think, at the same time from Tori yeah. Amos. So I was just, like, in that, like, intense female mood or, like, mm-hmm. uh, early college. And I loved this song from the moment I heard it. It oh, is yeah. very, yeah. it's very 80s. Like, it's not oh, yeah. quite as... I don't, I mean, the subject matter is out there, but I feel like production wise, it's a little bit more, it feels like more like, you know, you're getting into like the sensual world stuff where it's starting to sound a little more usual 80s, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. No, I I get what you're saying. It does sound more usual Mm -hmm. 80s with like the synths, but also there's the violins in there, which really, I think they're violins. I don't know if they're like multiple strings, but either way, that felt very unique especially at since it happened more during the climax of the song mm-hmm. it was I, I just love the emphasis there yeah and so oh. I loved it from the I loved it from the moment I heard it and it, it's in a dark key I love stuff like B flat minor oh, yeah I really do and this is kind of one of the few B flat minor songs she's ever written I think all the love is another one of hers that's in this kind of dark key yeah. which fits the song and the subject matter oh, yeah and I thought the video I didn't get to see the video until a couple of years later when my husband uh, <clears throat> found them online for me pre-youtube I don't remember how he found them oh my and god and he yeah he put them on a, a video cd for me yeah video cds and yeah. that's how I was able to watch her videos and this one immediately stuck out to me because of it. It's not my absolute favorite Kate Bush video. That honor is still running up that hill. But this one like feels like, hey, girl, I wish you had directed more stuff. I know. Oh, my God. The video it's- is just insane. I think the video is actually how I found the song. Mm-hmm. I found it when I was like looking at all her old videos. I'm like, because I remember I heard a lot about her like videos and how like, you know, how remarkable they were. And so I started watching them, live performances, all her music videos. And I think that's when I found this. And I'm like, okay, I can get into this. It's interesting sounding. And it's like the video really just goes hand in hand with the story. That is, which, it really does. Oh, yeah. It's like play by play. It's, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where to start with the video. Yes. The video is so over the top, too. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's wonderful. Other than the Wuthering Heights new vocal, this was the only new song on the Greatest Hits, The Whole Story, that came out in late 1986. 
this was released as a single on October 27th, 1986. So it's the last kind of original Kate that we'll get to hear for a while. I mean, there is at this time, there's also Don't Give Up. And she was singing with Big Country, The Seer, which, oh my God, I can't wait to get that song because I love that song. And then Rowan Atkinson, Du Bear, Sha La La in the Woods. Yeah, this was released ahead of the whole story. And mm-hmm. so it was one of the two new recordings. And that's basically the first time it ended up there. And then it's also ended up, strangely, as a B-side for Moments of Pleasure quite a bit later. <laughs> oh, my. Seriously, I have this single for Moments of Pleasure where Experiment 4 is one of the B-sides, along with December Will Be Magic Again. I do have the Experiment 4, like the 12-inch vinyl. Oh, you do? With the, yes, I found it in a record store that actually is closed now. Um <laughs> <laughs> What's up with all these Kate records being sold in places that are now closed? It's sad. It really is. Well, but, it's also um, like the decline of just concrete, you know, brick and mortar stores. But that's a discussion for another time. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. But no, it was. It's like I found it. I think it was probably like November, and I was like, because oh, they had a bunch <laughs> of like Kate, like the twelve-inch singles. And I'm like, oh my god, I need to buy this like now. And I saw like December will be magic again, and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to buy it. I love that song. Not oh, only do you have more of a spooky Halloween song with Experiment 4, but the Christmas song, too. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's only too bad that this 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 has to kind of wait until the B-Sides part of the season, because otherwise this would be cool to put out on Halloween, because it's so spooky and scary. Oh, my God. I know. It's, <laughs> it's definitely going on my Halloween party playlist. And I'm going to make everyone at my party listen to that. Um get out of my house <laughs> oh goodness yes oh my god that's the ultimate halloween song i don't think there's any more fitted one um what was no waking the witch oh yeah 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 because witches witch. and halloween that would be perfect she has a lot of halloween songs she does because she because i mean a lot of her her songs are about like there's a lot of stuff with ghosts and the kind of what happens after death and even love transcending death. I mean, come on, Wuthering Heights anyone? I've been noticing a little theme of science in the last few songs you've had out. Uh, Cloud busting was an experiment that went very well, but experiment four was one that went wrong. But in both cases, the scientists were, were sympathetic characters, but they were frustrated and manipulated. Is that what you think about scientists? Um... I don't think it's always what I I think about scientists, but I think they're fascinating in that so often they're trying to create something that they consider positive, productive, and very much something that will help mankind. But so often along the way, those good intentions end up being used, particularly by other people, for completely the opposite reasons, Um, you know, particularly um, experiments that end up being used by the military, um, things like the atom bomb. I mean, I can see that perhaps when the guy was originally playing with that idea, he had no idea where he would end up, and that um, I'm sure he didn't actually have evil intentions in his his head initially. He was so caught up, so obsessed with the the pure level of the science that he didn't actually realize how it could be used. What do you think about scientific experimentation? Are there limits to the things that people should be working with? Well, I think that's, that's very much part of the fascination, is that I think people have to do that. That's what human beings are about, discovering things. And perhaps the problem is that they're 
normally always connected by forces that do not have that same kind of creative um, curiosity, the consequences, that's the problem, you know, the consequences are quite often thought of in hindsight rather than on the way. <laughs> but I mean, this song, yeah. I mean, speaking of death, I mean, this one kind of deals with death. Wow, this is... Yeah, it deals with weapons, killing people. I know. So what... I mean, I feel like the lyrics on this song are pretty self-explanatory. Um, yeah. It's a, basically a secret military plan to create a sound that's horrific enough to kill people. You know, standard Kate Bush mm-hmm. song topics, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. What do you think about that? Because that is just like, whoa, kind of out there, man. Yeah, it's really out there. But you know what? When I started listening to her stuff, I'm like, this is kind of out there. And I think at this point, you're finding experiment for you probably already know that her stuff's a little bit out there that is true because i mean this is from the whole story and you've got a whole mishmash you got all of her singles well the successful singles you don't have stuff like there goes a tenor night of the swallow on there but oh yeah no well i don't really like there goes a tenor i think it might be one of her worst songs but that's another story for another day. <laughs> oh I, wait a minute i do remember us talking about that i think that i don't think that ended up in the episode or so yeah i can't Probably remember not. yeah <laughs> I, I feel like when it comes to there goes a tenor you're either like i love this song or this is awful like worst on the album because i remember seeing people rank it as their favorite and i'm like oh <gasps> <laughs> like okay <laughs> at least it wasn't like an album ranking where someone ranked like director's cut or 50 words for snow at the top mm-hmm. i don't really like those albums i'm sorry well they'll be interesting when i get to them that's all i yeah. can say about those but... i might want to come back for misty because i really don't think that there's anyone else who could write a song about having sex with a snowman very Was true it misty? yeah no wait, wait, that is misty yep yeah <laughs> although then again this i mean this is from the same person who wrote a song like this a secret military oh, plan yeah. to create a sound that's you know that's and they told us what they wanted was a sound that could kill someone from a distance oh this is on the one hand it, it it's very scary actually though when i think of just that topic and and to me mm. it feels like also it's there's a little, couple of different themes here in this song i think and I'm, I'm curious to know what you think when i think about it like on one hand, you got scientists who are trying to do this big thing and they don't quite know, understand the concept maybe of what they're trying to do and realizing that it could be used for bad things. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other theme of almost of, I think, technology in a way, which is yeah. a little weird coming from somebody like Kate mm-hmm. Bush who is using like at the cutting edge of technology, but you're using something like like the fear of a tech technology that can kill you and especially yeah. using something like music that's supposed to be this beautiful thing and instead people are using it for terrible terrible purposes instead yeah well i certainly think that it is one of those anti-military skeptic songs where it's these people have so much power and we don't know what they're going to do with it they could be doing stuff like this and I don't know. It's a conspiracy theory that I'm interested in. Maybe Kate Bush had a point. I think I heard, I think I saw something the other day about like a military trying to develop something like that. Yes. Or maybe not. I'm not too sure. But it seems like the U.S. military really likes killing people in unique ways. 
Well, and and it's like kind of going back to what you were saying with like people being mm-hmm. in power and in everything. I mean, I'm not going to get really political here because I'm going to be real honest. Mm-hmm. I'm a, not as up to date on some things as I should be. Yeah, no, I'm, me neither. I'm getting there, especially with the kind of full-time job I have where I'm yeah. kind of having to help people through government things. But mm-hmm. it, it is like, it does feel like, especially even the state of the world, we've got all oh, these yeah. world leaders, all this power, and you hope that they would do something good with it. And you don't see people doing good with mm-hmm. it. You don't. Fortunately, you really don't. And she kind of shows, I think in, I think Kate shows in this song, just how sometimes it, it goes back a little bit even to, I think the dreaming album where I feel like a lot of the songs on the dreaming were about how people can just screw things up for themselves. And that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. She's kind of going back to some of those themes with this song where she's like, Hey, we've got this beautiful, wonderful thing. And instead people mm-hmm. are screwing it up. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's sort of in the same vein as, like you said, the dreaming songs, especially pull out the pen. Mm. It's like it's a very similar anti-war, anti-military theme. I consider music a really positive force. It's something that that is there to help people, to make them happy, to make them think. You know, so many wonderful things. You know, music therapy. It's a very positive energy, and it, there's something incredibly beautiful about music. And the thought of people using sound in such a negative way, which, you know, there are definitely sonic experiments that go on that are used by the military, is, is so obscene, you know, and the irony of using something that's so, so beautiful in a way to actually kill people rather than help them, um, I found fascinating. A lot of your songs and videos are filled with uh, frightening or disquieting images. Are you an uneasy person? Um, I think anyone that has any kind of creative outlet is, is uneasy, and that's what makes them need to express themselves. I think, I think all human beings are uneasy on some level. And um, you know, how can you not be when we, we don't really know what we're doing here or what we're meant to do with it, you know? So there's the continual questioning going on. Uh, oh, yes, and also this, I managed to finally, so when I was like doing notes for the song, I was going, okay, so we've talked about the concept of the song, and I've just, I always had thought to myself, what inspired this? And you always have to wonder with Kate, because so much of the time it, it, it can be, oh, yes, I saw the last 10 minutes of this miniseries about Emily Bronte's only novel when I was 10 years old. Or, oh, yes, I saw a TV movie about this guy named Frederick Delius, and I remembered it for my album, like, 15 years later. Like, you never know where she pulls out her inspiration from. I know. And I finally found it for Experiment 4. I was like, I was so happy to find this. Uh, This is actually from Home Ground at number 25. This was written by Peter Fitzgerald Morris, and he says... Experiment 4 originated in a story that Kate heard about a scientist in France who built a giant steam-powered whistle to assess the effects of the sound. The effect was simple. It killed him and a number of the people in the surrounding area. Oh, my God. That 
That area had to be cordoned off and the public kept out until the device powering the whistle ran out, of, ran out of fuel and the public were warned to stay off. The next happening was a nightmare where scientists engaged in benign research into the effects of sound had their work perverted by the military who wanted a sound that uh -oh. would kill. This concept is, however, no fantasy. The sound cannon has been chased by defense establishments across the world. A European oh version of the idea was indeed known as the Jericho trumpet after the Old Testament mm. prophet's exploits with the walls of the celebrated city. There is current research both in the U.S. and in the USSR on sonic waves and disturbance patterns to destroy property and kill people. Oh, my. <laughs> so maybe I was right about the seeing something relating to this. But mm -hmm. I never knew that there was a real incident where this happened. Ooh. That is... Me neither until like two hours ago when I was like finishing up my notes. I'm going, oh, freaking finally, after months of trying to find like the inspiration for the song, there was in Gaffa.org. There you go. And uh, I know this, it's not music exactly, but when I think about s some sort of sound or something killing people, I think of the movie James Bond, I think of the James Bond movie Goldeneye. And that mm -hmm. one, it was an electromagnetic pulse that they were using that could wipe out like electrical lines and cause fires and such. And and I briefly thought of that movie when I heard this song in a way because of you know, like using something like just to, to just try and kill people. That's not just oh yeah, I have a gun or I have a knife or some or a bazooka mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, no, I'd always think of it as like sort of a siren. Like, mm -hmm. sirens already freak me out. I'm not a big loud noise person at all. Oh, me neither. Um, as a kid, I would, like, cower in the corner whenever I would hear, like, a weird noise at a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> they had, like, I don't know, but, like, as a kid, I could hear these, like, weird little, like, noises that kind of went, Tss! and I was like, what is that? And I would, like, be like, Mom, we have to go. Like, the second I'd hear it, and it would just make freak me out. I don't even know why, but it just did. So maybe sort of like that, and... A combination between that and, like, a siren, because sirens still freak me out. I mean, mm -hmm. they do get the let me pull over on the side of the road across, but they still freak me out. Well, one of the sounds I've had to get used to myself around here is we have a lot of trains. And so mm -hmm. there are some train tracks about a half a mile from my house. And so I've gotten used to hearing, like, in the middle of the night that it used to freak oh, me out. But, in the middle of the night, that would make me mad. <laughs> I mean, you get used to it. It's not nearly as bad as some of the folks that live way out in Virginia Beach, and they live near the military bases, and you get planes. Oh, yeah, the loud planes flying overhead, and sometimes they, they, they fly, I would think, a little too close to the road for comfort, but that's the same. Yeah, those kind of sounds, like, even, yeah, like, sounds would freak me out, too. Like, I hated fireworks when i was a kid i didn't like that popping oh i sound. hated them too oh. i'm like they're pretty but i was like i can't <laughs> they would freak me out so i mean that that little bit there about uh that was that was from home ground number 25 that was from the mid 80s when they were talking about the uh, trying to indeed you trying to you do experiments and sounds and mm -hmm. I don't know if anything's changed in the last 30 plus years, but I would hope not because okay. it'd be definitely a scary weapon for sure. 
Because it's like, what can you, well, you can use earplugs, but I'm just thinking of the physics, like how, like, would you have to hear it? Would you, because you'd die if you had earplugs in? Actually, you might not be able, you might not die if you have earplugs in. Because well, it might be something to do with like a vibration that would like burst your inner ear. I have no, I have no, <laughs> I took like a grade 11 physics and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't get up that I, high in science myself in high school. <laughs> now I'm just like, whoop, biology. I'm not even touching physics. But, but yeah. there are, but it is striking that there are certain sounds that you might hear, like you were talking about, you would get, you, you and I both get freaked out by fireworks yeah, or sirens, or I used to get freaked out by the honkings of train, by uh, train sounds. Oh, yeah, and no. It just sounds like that do have a way of, like, kind of alerting you and, yeah, like, making you, like, ah, it can scare you. And, and also just, yeah, the idea of using something that is supposed to be good and using mm-hmm. it for something bad is very scary. Yeah, no, I feel like because in those situations where it's, like, the noises are loud, like the trains or the fireworks or sirens they're all sort of to alert people but I do feel like when she sings it could feel like falling in love maybe she has a point because if you were to hear these things you might try and run and like cower in fear and stop listening but if it felt if it was a nice sound you'd probably listen to it more which would Mm -hmm. kill you which is a little scary be almost like a siren song it would be and gosh, this almost feels, now that I think of it, like almost like a precursor to the deeper understanding with technology and Ooh. and falling in love with your computer and <laughs> like your tech and just it's like being taken in by technology and it not being yeah. exactly a good thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe she had some points, especially I think with deeper understanding. Oh, I, I agree. Oh, very- totally. Yeah, very relevant to today. And in in an experiment four that we've, you know, we we've, we're coming on. This has now been thirty three years since the song was first released to the public, and human nature hasn't gotten any better. That's for sure. Oh yeah, no, it sure hasn't. When every you know every fifty or sixty years. We seem to come up with some better way, efficient way of killing. I mean, you even go back to you go back to something like World War One, and you start you see footage from that, and you can see where some of our modern warfare came from. Like that feels like the first truly modern war. Like people are having the, the machine guns and even bringing in airplanes. Did they use chemical weapons in World War One? Yes, they did. Um, they did do the, they did a mustard gas. Um, yeah, yeah, which is why I thought when it's way off topic here, but watching, uh, the Wonder Woman movie and how that takes place in World War One and they were doing like, they had the plot lines with the, about the, uh, the gases. Yeah. They were using that to, to, and just, we're always coming up. It's really scary. And and I know we're kind of getting into dark stuff here, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is a song about like, you're, you're about people basically coming up with an, another way of trying to kill other people just yeah, because it's, and it's really I'm going to just drop oh, yeah. the F bomb it's really fucking scary 
Yeah, no, it really is scary. It's a scary song. It's about war and killing people and dangerous, or not dangerous, more very unique ways, un- unsuspecting ways, too, which is probably what makes it the scariest. And then you get the violin in there, and it feels like the violin is almost like a lament. Mm-hmm. It, it that, and it feels weird for me to say, but that's how it's always how that that Nigel Kennedy violin part in there just feels it feels like like a okay this is like kind of uncertain and are you mm-hmm. sure this is really what you should be doing and or what are mm-hmm. we doing oh okay it just it feels very tense yeah it feels very at the same time it also feels soothing which I think is interesting. Like, you know, it could feel like falling in love. It, yeah, it literally yeah. can. And I was just, like, I remember I feel like after listening to it a few times, I just was thinking, like, maybe if a song could kill someone, it would sound like that because it's a very good song. It's like sort of, if you weren't to listen to the lyrics, you'd kind of think it was maybe a little bit dark, but still a very, like, neat sort of catchy pop song. But then you really dig into it, and you're like, wait a second, this is kind of dark. Oh, yeah. No, you're like, oh, my, this is very, very dark. And, and actually, now I think of it with the, it could feel like falling in love. It could it could make you feel so good. It We're, we're getting to the point where in, I guess, the way that we, we uh, humans are coming along, that we're... I wouldn't be surprised if in the next 50 or 60 years that we are able to come up with robots that are very much like humans. Yeah. I think that there's already a few, like Sophia the robot. I mean, it's just a head, but with the wig, it kind of looks, it's like, it's human-esque. It's, you can definitely tell there's a few things off, but if we do get to 50 or 60 years, we will definitely have robots that could probably almost be completely human, mm-hmm. which is a little scary. Yeah. And you know, we're coming up with these things and we're not quite sure, like, okay, we've got this interesting technology and people are people may use it for good or people might use it for bad. And given, honestly, given this song and just Kate's track record of when, when she is writing about, like, nature being destroyed by man, usually hers, I feel like her point of view is, um, no, people are going to screw it up. Oh, yeah, no. She has a very pessimistic view in some of her songs but what can i say they're really accurate but then Almost, on... i feel like she is a psychic honestly <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way she could have predicted like how like how back in the 80s would you have predicted that people would fall in love with computers she definitely saw something that no one else saw mm-hmm. to say the least oh that song is going to be really interesting to get when i get to it oh yeah no it's going to be interesting. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm from, I was I was born the year before this song came out. So I remember, I did have computers growing up, but it was very different because they were, like, big honking things, you know? Like, hmm. they, they, they were, you didn't exactly, like, carry them around everywhere. And they, um, 
and I had my computer, but I didn't stay on it all the time. And I'll admit, I'm on the computer a lot these days. I mean, I'm recording oh, yeah. this on a computer, and I'm looking at notes for this song on my iPad you know, <laughs> in front of me. Like, I yeah. am at a computer a lot because I use yeah. it to help me do things. And mm-hmm. you just... And yeah, and you know, I'm with Kate, you know, you hope that people will take a technology and do something good with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I kind of have to agree with her on a lot of things. We tend to kind of mm-hmm. screw things up as a human race sometimes. Oh, we totally do. But is people, are people becoming like addicted to social media as a human race or is it just individual? That's a that's a whole other I mean, story. Yeah, that's oh my, a way whole other story. That's that'll be a whole podcast episode of itself. Oh, I know. It on another podcast. Yeah, and that'll probably be the topic of deeper understanding. Indeed, actually, I was gonna say let's save that. We'll make sure to save that for deeper understanding. Cause, but, yeah. Although, but it, but it does feel like to me that that experiment four is leading up to her thoughts on technology like that mm-hmm. because she is talking about humans using a technology and not exactly doing good things with it. Yeah. No. And it's just, wow. This is just such an intrigue. It's, I love this song. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, it really is a masterpiece. Like completely. It's one of hers that are just, I want to say not timeless because I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years where sound actually kills people. But I mean, they're definitely leading up to it with Mm -hmm. these experiments, but it's just something to think about, really. (laughs) I mean, goodness, I think of 10 years ago in 2009, let's see, in 2009... I think the iPhone had been released. And to me, the idea of having a, a device that could do both your music and call people on was weird to me. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, wait, hey, that's my iPhone. <laughs> and it makes me wonder where we're going to be in 10 or 15 years. And you hope that you hope that the technology will evolve in a way that we will do something, that we won't try to use things for malevolent purposes. Yeah, no, but, but I know. think the way that things have been going is eventually it will be used for malevolent purposes. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way to avoid something like that now. It's very much a t- Kate theme where... She's just always very pessimistic about certain future events, but yeah, she did hit the nail on, or she hit the, yeah, she hit the, what is that term? She hit the nail on the head? Yes, she I don't hit know. the nail on yes. the head. Okay, perfect. Are there? Do you have any favorite musical things in the song, like like oh, like the the violin or like a particular lyric or anything like that? Oh man, 
<laughs> one favorite part of the song. Okay. Um, oh, it's either the um, the part where she's like with the violins, where it's like the meters over in the red, where it's like she's like doing it very high. I'm not even gonna try and attempt it. <laughs> oh, I could not do it, but oh, like it's belt- that part when it's the it's... belting of the meters over or yes. over in the red. Yes. That part to me is just like, whew. that's like the climax of the song, the climax of the story. And it's my favorite part, probably. I think my favorite part, there are a lot of parts in the song I like. I like, I love the violin in there. I love the, mm-hmm. uh, that's Nigel Kennedy playing the violin in there. And production-wise it's kind of a simple song it's you got the drums uh Stuart Elliott's on the drums and Alan Murphy is doing the guitar Kate of course is singing Mm -hmm. and then Nigel Kennedy is coming in there with the violin and you especially hear a lot of the violin on the extended edition of the song um part of which is played in the video or if there's like part of the song that's extended from uh, the version that's on the whole story I also love that it's in B flat minor. It's this, this dark, dark key that I just absolutely love. So many flats, so many black keys when you're playing on the piano, but I love it. And I also, I also like the needles are over in the red part, especially the way she's singing. Oh, she's yeah. like, you're desperate. The needles are over in the red. Mm-hmm. And then it like immediately pulls it back for you. It's a mistake that we're making. It's almost like mm-hmm. I. It's okay. It's weird. Like with with her point of view in the song, it feels like is like maybe Kate is supposed to be one of the scientists. They're like, oh yeah, we're just kind of following along with it. We're not quite sure what's going on, and well, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if this is really good what we're doing, but okay. Um, I also like the. It could feel like falling in love. It could. It's, it could feel so bad. It could sing you to sleep, but their dream oh, yeah. is your enemy. And then with a, ha, 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 yeah. kind of part there, like psycho kind of things. <laughs> it could feel like falling in love. It could feel so bad. But it could feel Nigel Kennedy was the, he was in, or, oh, oh, I've, <laughs> I totally read that wrong. I was like, he was the guy who did the violence for Psycho. No, he was just, um, 
replicating it. But I think that was cool. I, I love Psycho. But it, I saw it in theaters recently, and it was probably my worst theater experience. Yeah, I like that part, and it's especially the way she's belting the but their dream is your enemy kind of thing. I love that part. But it could be so I've noticed at the end of the song, I like that the, we get the helicopters, which makes me think it goes back to uh, Pull Out the Pin and the end of Waking the Witch. You get the helicopters. No, but oh, she's just hurt. No one does it like Kate Bush. No one does. Like with the lyrics, the like all the noises, the helicopter. Also, another thing I love about this is like I love the synth. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like the snare, and it's like oh, there's just nothing I don't really. Uh, there's nothing I don't love about the song, really. Me neither. I've loved yeah, I've loved this song since the first time I heard it. It's the, the subject matter is so strange, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And she just goes right on into it. Like, yes, this we're, we're, I'm taking you through this story that's very much like a film that should have been turned into a movie. Why didn't you do that? It but. should have been turned into a movie. Yes. Totally. No. Maybe she'll do it someday. Like, with, <laughs> with instead of a Before the Dawn DVD, we'll get this first. All right. So, uh, actually, Kate has also talked about this song. I think it's, I mean... You would hope she would talk about it because yeah, it was I a single, hope so. You know, you'd hope so. It is, yeah. So this is from KateBush.com, and what I, I noticed that after the box set was released, that you can actually go to each song and there's little tidbits. Oh. About this, like yeah, it's like there's stuff in there about uh, for that I'm that I've used that I used for Under the Ivy about oh yeah when we did the video with me singing and playing this song. Da, da, da. So she says here. This was written as an extra track for the compilation album The Whole Story and was released as the single. I was excited at the opportunity of directing the video and not having to appear in it other than in a minor role, especially as this song told a story that could be challenging to tell visually. I chose to film it in a very handsome old military hospital that was derelict at the time. It was a huge labyrinthian hospital with incredibly long corridors, which was one reason for choosing it. Florence Nightingale had been involved in the design of the hospital. Not something she is well known for, but she actually had a huge impact on hospital design that was pioneering and changed the way hospitals were designed from then on. The video was an intense project and not a comfortable shoot, as you can imagine. A giant of a building, damp and full of shadows with no lighting or heating, but it was like a dream to work with such a talented crew and cast with Don French, Hugh Laurie, Peter Vaughn, and Richard Vernon in the starring roles. It was a strange and eerie feeling bringing parts of the hospital to life again. Not long after our work there, it was converted into luxury apartments. Oh I can my. imagine that some of those glamorous rooms have uninvited soldiers and nurses dropping by for a cup of tea and a hobnob. 
we had to recreate we had to create a recording studio for the video so tape machines and outboard gear were recruited from my recording studio and the mixing console was very kindly lent to us by Abbey Road Studios. Oh. It was the desk that the Beatles had used. Me too. Holy when we crap. made the album oh Never my. Forever. Oh my God. The one she made in Never Forever. Oh my God. In Studio 2. Although it was a tough shoot, it was a lot of fun and everyone worked so hard for such long hours. I was really pleased with the result. And you should be, Kay, girl. You, you made an awesome be. video. Yeah. Honestly, I really... I really like the line, the cross and the curve. So in my eyes, there's nothing that she has done wrong directionally. Is that the term you use, directionally? I don't know. Um, and I don't know. Good question. Oh, well. Director, Dir- directionally. Uh, Direction-wise? Direction-wise. Yeah, that's probably the correct term. It probably is. But, but you no. know what? English is a nice, flexible language, so it's okay if we make yeah. up a word because like, we can do that, unlike French. So. Mm-hmm. now for a very special guest. I also got to talk with somebody else for this episode, and that was Dave Cross. You might remember that I talked with Dave Cross for the Big Sky episode because he was involved with the, well, well, the gathering of Kate fans who got to be in the crowd scenes. And he's also one of the founders of the Homeground Kate Bush fanzine. So when we talked about the Big Sky... He mentioned that he was also in the Experiment 4 video. And so naturally, I said, hey, Poke Poke, would you like to be in this episode and talk about Experiment 4? Because, oh my God, let's talk about how really, really awesome the video is for this song. And it's such an integral part of Experiment 4, having that video that, oh my gosh, really should have been turned into a full-length movie. But I digress. So before the start of the new year 2020... Right after Christmas, I want to say it was a couple days after Christmas. I can't quite remember. Something like that. It was after Christmas. I do remember that. I got to talk with Dave Cross. We got to do a transatlantic call. It was like 9 a.m. my time, 2 p.m. his time, because there's a five-hour time difference. And we got to chat very enthusiastically for about a half hour all about his experience of being on the Experiment 4 video and also getting to arrange a special video party for Kate Bush for the release of the whole story. Now, this is an edited portion of our interview. So if you would like to hear the full unedited version, you can become a Patreon subscriber at the $5 level at patreon.com slash Kate Bush podcast. That's patreon.com slash Kate Bush podcast. And now without further ado, here's me and Dave. Well, first of all, um, so how did you get involved with the Experiment 4 video? is it? I'm, I'm assuming it's because you were already involved with the Big Sky video, and so she probably went, hey, we, we really like this guy. Let's call him up again. Hey, he'll, be, he'll make a good dead scientist. Hey, let's call him up. <laughs> we make good dead people. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. obviously because, um, and obviously at that time, so sort of 
85 into 86, we, me and Peter and Chris, you know, the other two from home ground, we were in contact with um, Kate and her family a lot in that sort of time um, because we did conventions um, and obviously she'd asked us, Kate had asked us, as we discussed last time, to be in the Big Sky video and organise the band. And then with Experiment 4, obviously it was in the build-up to the release of the whole story um, album and obviously this is a single coming from it. And we were at that time, we'd had a couple of meetings to plan Kate wanted to have a fan event, like not not exactly like a convention. So we hit on the idea of having a, a party, which was going to be on um, the day before release. And I think it was on the last Sunday in November. So we, uh, and that was that was a, a, a bar called the Video Cafe, which are actually not there anymore, but it used to be next door to London Palladium, mm-hmm. obviously, which was Kate connection. Yes. And we were in the process of organising this video party and everything. So we'd been back in touch again. And I suppose about three weeks before, um, so in the sort of early November, I think, I can't remember now whether it was, I think it might have been John Bush called, called us up and said that Kate would like the three of us to be in the video uh, for Experiment 4. And obviously, we didn't have to think about it very hard. Um, <laughs> it was it was initially supposed to be one day of filming, and it was on a Monday. It was the it was the last week of November. Um, the Monday of uh, of that uh, week, and um, it was in a an old abandoned military hospital. Hmm. Uh, in South London, um, it, not that far from where Kate's mum and dad lived at the time, um, and uh, we so we were told to be there at really early in the morning to you know because that's the nature of these things. So we got there at sort of eight o'clock in the morning, and um, we got there and um, basically we saw Texas Kate obviously was directing and Dell was there. And um, Paddy was there, and a few other people we knew, and also Dawn French was there, and Hugh Laurie was there, mm-hmm. uh, and several other actors, obviously, who were all in the um, in the video. And um, Kate told us that actually, I think it was the there was an assistant director who came over and said that Kate wanted us to be scientists, and we got fitted for white coats, basically. Um, but it was absolutely freezing cold. It was so cold that underneath our white lab coats, we all had our own jackets on because it was it was just... Because obviously this was an old abandoned place and, mm-hmm. um, it was, and it was particularly cold November and we were all freezing cold. So we got a bit of makeup and stuff and then basically we spent that first day, most of that... At that first day, um, we were running up and down the, walking up and down the corridor, <laughs> being in the background with like Dell and people like that. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the video, you see um, you see uh, the professor guy, um, Professor Jerry Coe, goes into the music shop, and John is in the music shop, and he opens the door and he goes through. So 
and as he as he go and Dawn French is there, and as he opens the door, there's kind of people all milling around in the corridor behind, and we're in that scene. And of course, we did about five or six different versions. So in actual fact, being of course, you know, the nature of a video, we're. Mm -hmm. I think I'm walking towards the I'm walking towards the door, and and by the time they get to the end of the corridor, I'm walking away from the door in a, a coming out of a different room. Um, and so we, we're in that kind of scene. We did all that. Um, and we then had to, um, the, the end sequence where uh, everyone's dead and Hugh Laurie's on the phone. So me, Peter and Chris are, have to basically lie on the floor um, in our scientist gear with um, Tina, who was the care person who we'd met, who we'd met before. So she's the tea lady. <laughs> so she's on the floor with... With uh, with her tea trolley, all, with everything spilled, the three of us are laying there, and Hugh Laurie is on the phone, and uh, he's shouting into the phone while they're while they're filming, and because obviously you have to do these things over and over again. Mm -hmm. One of the funniest things I remember was was Hugh Laurie was shouting, "No, no, I ordered Chinese food. I didn't order." It. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter what he's saying; it just has yeah. to look good. And he was just coming out with all this rubbish. He's shouting into the phone. Um, <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was hilarious. And then, and so we literally were just like, so most half the day we were just lying on the floor where, and kind of Kate was just kind of walking around and and she always has, I think I said this last time, she always has the, the music playing very loud and, you, you know, every now and again you just hear, go on then, play back. And it'd be a bam, the music would come out mm -hmm. and we'd all be lying on the floor. So, uh, and that was, the, that was the first day. And then basically they said to us, um, if we come back, I think it was on the Wednesday, do a couple more shots for that. But then also they decided that on the on the on the weekend, on the Saturday, they were going to film. You know, the very end, the very end of the video when it goes outside, mm -hmm. and you, there's a big um, there's a big uh, open space. So that was actually filmed in East London. Oh. Um, they said to us, come, and they also said, could you bring, uh, we need some more bodies, we need some more people, we need like a sort of half dozen people. So we asked four or five other fans, close friends that we knew if they wanted to come. Of course they did. So we all turned up at this um, square in East London, and the, basically the out, one of the shops, oh, it was a derelict shop, in fact it's been knocked down now, but... It had been turned into the, the the front of the painted and turned into music for pleasure, and um, it, again it was very cold and we're in the white coats and and the assistant director said um, right okay I need to, I need two volunteers so, so Christina and I both went oh, we, we'll do whatever first so we we're actually lying outside the shop when you when it when the camera comes out of the shop Chris and I are lying either side of the door. On the on the concrete in in the street. Oh wow! And every, everyone else thought that was hilarious. Everyone else, all the others that we were with, thought that was hilarious. Ha ha! Then of course they found out that the others, so Peter and the other five or six people, they're all lying in the mud. <laughs> and you can't, <laughs> the hilarious thing is you can't actually really see them. So Chris and I, although we were sitting on for about four or five hours, were laying down on cold concrete. The others were laying in the mud, and you can't even really see them in the video. <laughs> so, so we we kind of sat outside this 
shot, displayed on the floor. And, and Kate was up on this big, high crane thing with the cameraman. And you could just see her little voice. <laughs> and she had like a megaphone thing. And she kept yelling out, you're being very good dead bodies. <laughs> Which was very funny. And of course, also, because it, although it wasn't, it was a back street, there were still people walking along and they hadn't sort of blocked off the road. And there was a couple Ooh. of times that kind of stopped. And of course, they couldn't see the film crew because the camera was up in the air. So they just would, a couple of people stopped and just started talking to me and Chris because we were just lying on the floor. Um, and uh, because it was a wide shot, there was no one else with us. So that was quite funny. Um, and we also did the very first bit of the video, the very first scene, is you see a crowd of people. You see the professor guy walking along the street before he goes into the shot. Mm-hmm. So that, that's all us. So it's kind of like um, a bit twisted in space and time because we're we're out in the street. Then we, then you go into the shop and we're walking and we're walking towards the corridor. Then by the end of the corridor, we're we're in a different place of the corridor. Then Chris, then me, Peter, and Chris are dead inside the shop, but we're also dead outside the shop. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, only we know really that it's up because you can't see anyone's faces or anything. It's just she just wanted it to look like there were lots of dead scientists um, in there. And then the other, the other really sweet thing about the about the video, I had, you know, uh, the very last shot is is Kate um, and she gets into the van and she kind of winks and, and puts her finger on her on her lips and she's wearing this kind of big green jacket. Well. That was actually my jacket because uh, they, um, I had bought this. I bought this new jacket. It was a new jacket because it was, it was it was November. It was winter from Net, I think, which is a British shop. And I was wearing it on the on the set because it was so cold. And the the costume lady, who was really pleased, just came up and said, "Oh, I really like your jacket. Can I have a look at it?" So she had a look. She's looking at the material and she's going, and she called Kate over and said, Look, this is the colour, isn't it, that we were talking about? So they, Kate said, Can we borrow your jacket? <laughs> and <laughs> I know it's bizarre, isn't it? The things that happen. So um, they, she borrowed my jacket for that last, that last shot um, in, the, in the video, which I think, I think we did mention that in the magazine afterwards. But uh, we, yeah, so it, that's that, that jacket. So it was, I mean, the whole thing was brilliant, I have to say. And because it was, um, with the big sky, obviously, there were all the fans there, which made it more sort of chaotic. And um, and also, we kind of, me, Peter and Chris, felt we had a responsibility as well for the, to make sure the fans were okay. This was more, you know, we felt kind of more like part of the film crew, really, I guess, on this one. Um, and we got to, we got to, you know, meet Dawn French and Hugh Laurie and, so it was good yeah so did you get to I mean obviously it's not like hangout time or anything but did you get to chat with Hugh Laurie and Don French and some of those other celebrities that she invited to be in the video um, a little bit we, we said hello Christina spoke to Dawn French more because they ended up having their hair and makeup done together because they Chris needed to have her hair done um, and so she was sitting next to Dawn in the makeup chair and they got chatting and, and she told Dawn all about home ground and why we were in the video and all this kind of stuff, which she thought was amazing. Um, and we, as I say, we kind of hung out a bit with Hugh Laurie, but 
we didn't we didn't tell him who we were. We just we, we had a laugh with him. He kept doing all this. As I said, he was he kept because you can't hear what he's saying. He kept improvising all this crazy stuff when he was shouting into the phone. But he was loved though. He was very nice. And we didn't see um, we didn't re- we didn't uh, talk. We didn't really see the other two. Um, the two um, Richard Vernon is one, and I can't remember the name of the other guy. Um, the, the two older actors, one who plays the professor who was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who I would love to have met because I love that. He wasn't there the day that, that, I was, that we were there. And then the other guy, we, we, didn't, we saw him, but we didn't really speak to him. So, I mean, you know, we were trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we trying not trying to fan not girl too much. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's, um, I mean, it, it, was, it was just, I mean, the three of us always kind of managed to entertain ourselves when we were on our own. And, there was um, by the um, it, when we were in the hospital for the for the two days, they'd set up um, what they called the ET bus, or maybe we called it the ET bus, and it was basically like a you know you have catering firms on these on videos and film shoots and stuff. So there was a double decker bus set up, and you basically you know they did sort of breakfast and lunch, and and so when when we got there, we went and had our makeup done and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went and, you know, we got bacon butties and, and sat on the eat. And, of course, we had this death makeup on for most of the time because we were supposed to be dead. So there's some lovely pictures in um, in the home ground books, actually. In the two, in one of the home ground books, there's quite a few pictures from the Experiment 4 video of um, us sitting on a bus, <laughs> eating <laughs> breakfast, looking looking like dead scientists. <laughs> That and is then, so cool. Oh, uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's really good. It was a, it was a really brilliant. It was a brilliant time. It was a brilliant time, and it was a good experience. And then that weekend on the Sunday was when we did the video party for the whole story, which Kate came to um, as well. Which, as I said, was at this um, sort of cafe place near. Uh, cafe is a big. It's a small word. It was a big place. There was about six hundred people fans. Wow. Um, um, and Kate just came, and her mum and dad were there, and. And it was it wasn't like a convention. It was just Kate just came and there was food and it food was included in the price of the ticket they everyone had bought and you know, that kind of stuff. And we did we had some T shirts and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite it, it, after the week we'd had and Kate had had, because I think she was still editing the video at that point. Um it, I think it was all quite exhausting. Um, but for her especially, I mean obviously we didn't care, we were just like so excited. Um buy it um, and we had we had great fun and like Del was on Del Palmer was on set with us the whole time and he's always brilliant company and he's always very funny and very supportive of the fans still is um, and you know we chatted to him for ages and I remember having a conversation with him and Kate about Spitting Image of all things I don't know if you know do you remember Spitting Image the TV show I actually have not heard of it before okay it, it was um it was a, a satire, a, a, a political satire program, uh, but with puppets, very British. And um, there was a particular thing about Margaret Thatcher that had been on there. And oh, we were laughing and we were just talking about it with her. And she thought it was very, we were all saying it was, it was very funny and, and everything. So it was just a really lovely 
and I, you know, I can uh, the three of us consider ourselves to be incredibly lucky. I mean, we're, you know, it's something that I, I might have said this about the big sky. It's something that I'll take with me to the day I die. You know, mm-hmm. it, I feel incredibly blessed to have been asked and to have to share that experience and to to be in the those videos. It was it was it was brilliant. Well, I have to say that Experiment 4 is definitely one of my favorite Kate videos because it's it's funny you mentioned it, it feels like a, that you, for you it felt like you were on a film set because that's the impression yeah. I get with this. Like, I feel like this is, a, this is an interesting concept that honestly I'm surprised has not been turned into a full movie yet. It feels like something from one of those science fiction books that um, Andrew likes to read all the time. So... Yeah. It's it's one of my definitely one of my favorite videos because it's just it she she it felt like she was really kind of going there with like hey I love movies and I infuse this into my music and she just goes there with this video. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think it has a very cinematic feel, and I think there's a there's a few sort of references you can see in there, and that the way that the you know the, the laboratory looks kind of very scientific but almost old-fashioned you mm-hmm. know the, big the levers there's that kind of thing but also i think when the when she, when kate appears in the sort of white outfit with the white hair there's a couple of shots which look like i don't even remember in raiders of the lost ark where yes. at, the very, mm-hmm. at the very end when the when the ark of the covenant first opens and first of all, these spirits that like come out, and you yep. think that they're beautiful, and then they turn horrible. And I think that I suspect that's where I don't know for definite, but I suspect that's where that moment came from in Kate's mind because it's a, I'm sure it's the sort of film that she would who wouldn't who doesn't love Raiders a lot. Oh, so, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you look at that, if you look at that sequence at the end of Raiders, mm-hmm. there are a couple of shots. Just in that bit when they're in the cave and that thing, and then look at experiment four, you'll see exactly what I mean. And I think that you know, I think that's where that kind of look, um, that kind of feel came from. But it yeah. does have a it does have a, a sort of uh, very much a science fiction sort of you know horror sci-fi horror kind of feel to it. Um, and I, I think it's a brilliant video. I just I just agreed. It. Yeah, I'm especially, I, I remember the first time I watched the video, it would have been, uh, it was probably about oh, maybe 14 years ago or something like, it was right around when I started becoming a fan because the whole story was one of the first Kate things that I bought because I bought it uh, used at a CD store in Norfolk that doesn't exist anymore. And um, when I watched the video, and I immediately thought of Raiders of the Lost Ark at that end, and especially right. the way they did it with her hair and everything. I'm curious how they did all of that. Like, it looks like they took pieces of paper and just kind of glued them to her head or they had her wear like an interesting wig or something. Yeah, we didn't actually see her in the costume because okay. she did that on a, se- on a separate day, but... The, it, it was a, it was basically like a, a a wig, and there were yeah there was paper stuff. But one of the interesting things which she told us, which uh, if you look, you you can see every time you see her in the video, she has a visor on, and it that was to, that was how she thought she was indicating. So when the when the blonde kind of beautiful thing comes out, when well when she's when she's not looking like the monster. It's got, there's actually like a clear plastic visor you can see. The, the, and then, of course, 
when she's Kate has when she's the army woman, both when she's serving the tea and then at the end in the in the in the jacket, she's got always got a peak cap on. And so when she's in kind of human form, because obviously she's supposed to be a sort of shape changing monster, she's always got this kind of peak cap on um, um. or put on. Which she told us at the time um, that was, you know, she, she wanted to have that as a kind of running theme um, through it. But then obviously she's the, when she's the monster, obviously she looks, you know, different. So we, we unfortunately, we weren't there when she was filming the, oh. um, that sequence. I know, I know. <laughs> well, so they told us, that, they told us they were doing this. They told us what the store, what the setup was. And Dell in particular talked us through it and, and everything, and we saw some of that because all of the, the, the set with the chair and the, the sort of control room and stuff was all in that hospital. In the because they painted it all up and made it because obviously it was all derelict, but they painted it all white and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoot and the sets were there, the sets were all um there in that hospital, apart from the outside sequence, which, as I said, was, was in a different part of London. So that you know, it's it's all an illusion, isn't it? You know, we we walked along a street and it, and and he entered the shop in East London and then came through a door and he's in South London. <laughs> oh, they do that in movies all the time, especially yeah. if I know it's a place that. Anytime they have a movie that takes place in D.C. and I go, wait a minute, it doesn't take you five minutes to go from that end to that end. I know which areas you're talking about. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, and it's you know, and now, and now, actually, the um, the hospital in um, South London, which, as I say, is near, is near where her mum and dad used to live. That's actually been turned into flats now, oh. I believe. So there are people living in the experiment for um, yeah, as we speak, um, and yeah, and the and the square in East London that's all gone now. That's all been that's all knocked down where where they is. So unfortunately, <laughs> neither of those places can. If we ever do a Cape Bush tour of <laughs> tour of London, <laughs> they would be a little bit anticlimax climactic to go there. I'm afraid because it was obviously a long time ago. All right, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with me to this little I, bubbly I really American. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed doing it. It's no it's no problem at all. So um, okay, well have a happy new year. Yes, and a happy new year to you as well. Okay, and I'll speak to you at some point in 2020, I'm sure. What I think is interesting about the video is it's like, it is like a who's who of 80s British comedy. Mm -hmm. And I I watched the video a long time ago and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song where she has like a blonde hair and she comes out as the creature and then she kind of winks at the end. Like like I'd remember that and then I watched it like you did for before we talked and I realized, oh wait, yeah, that's young Dr. House. Oh yeah. And that's like young Amon Targaryen. And oh my goodness, this is just, it's like whenever I watch the older movies and I go, oh my gosh, wait a minute, that guy looks, oh my God, that is a young Donald Sutherland or something like that. (laughs) 
That's why I feel like I watch this video. I know, I know. It's like, insane. I mean, this... I'd love to know how, like, maybe, I, I mean, I know she was very, very respected at this point, Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. And so she probably was just like, oh, yes, here, Hugh Lloyd, would you like to be in my video here? You know, I mean, it was probably something oh, like gosh, that, you know? Accent. Oh, my God. It's, oh, it's like almost perfect. I don't, like, I, I remember seeing a while back a photo of her, like, midway through getting, like, the prosthetics, which was, I didn't even know it was prosthetics until I saw that, like, video. I thought it was just, like, some weird-looking, like, toy that they, like, put in instead of her, and, like, with the same wig. And then I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, I'm pretty sure that's actually her. Is it actually her in prosthetics? I, I still is. don't know to this day. Yeah, the music video is, I love that it was directed by her. Yeah. So it's like completely her vision. I mean, at this point, she's been starting to do more of like the behind the scenes, like behind the camera work and everything anyway. And um, it's it's a I like that. Yes, the video is a very literal telling. Oh, of yeah. The, the song. It's very play by play. Yeah. And it feels like when I, I felt like after I watched this video this time, and I don't know if you have felt the same way, Vanessa, but mm -hmm. I felt like. This needs to be expanded in like an hour and a half movie or something. I know. I was literally you know? thinking she should have made this a movie. She could have done it. She totally could have. And it would have been insane to see it. Because the plot of it is like something straight out of like. A sci-fi film. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Like some of the like some of the weirder science sci-fi stuff that Andrew reads. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, I was just thinking that, and I was like, it would be so, she should have done a movie. Like, mm -hmm. the line they crossed and the curve. So what else do you like about the music video? Because I've got some other thoughts. What else do you think about the oh music Oh, my God. Video? I Since okay. this was kind of your first, first exposure to it. The first few times I watched it, I actually didn't think it was Kate in the blonde wig. I was like, why does she show up at the end? winking i'm confused <laughs> and then i'm like oh no <laughs> i was like because like if she was like giving the papers to someone else and i'm like i'm like i don't get it and then after a while i was like oh my god it's kate bush in the blonde wig and blonde really suits her as a color mm -hmm. i think it's because she's already got kind of dark features anyway because she's very much like a brunette maybe slight redhead but really more brunette and you, so you've got those darker features, and so you can get away with the blonde stuff. I can't do that because, girl, I am super pale. I'm like... I'm super pale, too, but I also... <laughs> every once in a while, I'm like, should I dye my hair blonde? Yeah, let's see. Um, but yeah, there's Hugh Laurie in the music video. Um, and I'm going to be real honest. I know there were a couple... I know there's, there's the guy... I can't remember his name, but he, but he plays... I recognized him as um, uh, Aegon Targaryen. And... Um, there's also, she's a uh, British comedian, Dawn French, mm -hmm. and I know she, what I know her from is, uh, I think she, oh, it, what I know her from is watching a couple episodes of Absolutely Fabulous. Oh my God, yeah. I was trying to get into that a couple <laughs> Oh, of I got ago. into it one day. Oh, you did? It was really, it was really weird. Um, it was like the new year, and I like could not sleep. Like, I, I just don't usually sleep on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. But then I kept it up for three days and I literally sat through and I finished it all in like those three days where I just did not sleep. And I like felt like I was losing it. And at the end of the three days, I'm like, I'm not even tired, but I just need to sleep like <laughs> before I like lose my mind. And that was that's still to the date, like the longest I've stayed up. Thank God. <laughs> but mm, yeah, it was I, I, I 
probably would do it again. It was pretty good. I liked it. Um, oh, yeah. Also, the, so there was Don French, Hugh Laurie. I'll have to watch it again to see. Apparently, Gary Oldman is in there. So, like, oh, hey, Sirius Bye. Black. Um, Richard Vernon, Peter. Oh, it was Peter Vaughn. I think that was the way he was Aegon Targaryen. And Del is also in there. So, she's got, like, all of her buddies in there and everything. I know. It's like, I hope they had a few bar nights, too. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they did. They probably did. <laughs> okay, other little weird facts here. Apparently, the music video was banned from Top of the Pops because it was considered <laughs> too violent. Oh, my. Well, it was certainly... Well, I grew up in sort of an era where, like, music videos were, like, overly violent, and they still wouldn't get banned on TV. I remember one day, there's, like, this really, like, gruesome sort of... Um, music video and my brother told me to watch it when he was like in elementary school and it's like turned down for what and it's like people's faces are melting off and it's a little disturbing and they played that at his school dance when he was probably like nine so it's really interesting how something like that got banned back then but now it's like every single music video we see is so sort of like extremely violent compared to mm-hmm. what was going on back in the video. Uh, yeah, there's even one of my other favorite singers, Milen Farmer, is kind of she's kind of like a French Madonna and mm-hmm. some of her music videos have been banned in France because of it being too violent and that was oh. just I think one of those was oh gosh, that was 20 years ago. Oh my god, 20 years ago oh, Ina Momento was released. Oh my god. Um <laughs> Yeah, that it was banned from Top of the Pops, and I also think it's interesting. Apparently, she got a Grammy Award nomination for this music video, which I think is really cool. Uh, oh. She was nominated for the Best Concept Music Video at the 1988 Grammy Awards. Best Concept Music Video. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for okay. the 30th um, Best Concept, David Bowie for Day In, Day Out, Kate Bush for The Whole Story. Oh, it was for the whole compilation, I think. Oh, that That's makes interesting. sense. Hmm. Um, Genesis, Land of Confusion, David Lee Roth for David Lee Roth, Janet Jackson for Control, the video's part two. Who won? <laughs> oh, best concept music video for 1988 was Genesis, Land of Confusion. Oh, oh that on. is a good, that, well, no, that is a good video. That is also a good yeah. song. Oh. David Bowie and Kate. Oh, I love them. They're my favorites. So it's like whenever they lose, I'm like, oh, even though the day in day out music video was horrible. Yeah. I, yeah, it looks, yeah, for the 30 of the best concept, David Bowie for day in day out, Kate Bush for the whole story, the English rock band Genesis for Atlanta confusion, David Lee Roth for David Lee Roth and Janet Jackson for control. The videos part two. Hmm. Bush's imaginative video sampler accompanies her greatest hits album of the same name and includes music videos for songs throughout her career to that point. I'm not too sure if that might have been where I found the Experiment 4 video. I'm not too sure on that. But um, I definitely f- either found it through a torrent of the, <laughs> the whole um, the whole stories, like the video, or on YouTube when I was just binge watching it, when I was starting to become a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which goes to show, like, I mean, when I was 
first getting into Kate Bush and finding, you know, I have, of course, when I was reading about her music and that she was such a highly visual artist. And mm -hmm. that was in the pre-YouTube days when I was starting to get into her music. And so, and, you know, like I said at the top of the episode, mm -hmm. uh, my husband went and, you know, found some of all of her music videos up to that point. It was like he had oh, everything, everything up through uh, King of the Mountain. And... Oh that was the only way I could see her music videos because they, I didn't want to, I think at that point, the only copies available of the whole story videos were European and you would have to convert them because oh. the videos don't, the video, the VHSs wouldn't, won't play in American players. And so you have to go to a specific place to get that converted and all that other blast stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, that so. would drive me up the wall. I'm so lucky to have been born in this era where it's like, if I want it, I'll yeah, be like, okay, let's look it up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I don't know how I would survive, honestly. I am only, I'm, I'll be turning 20 like next year. So that's how old I am. I think we've pretty much covered everything. I think we have. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about Experiment 4. Always great to talk to you. As yeah, it is. It's always great to be on the show. I mean, it's great. It's Kate Bush. It's Kate Bush's music. What else is there not to like about it? <laughs> I know, right? Come on! So now where people yeah. can where can people find you like uh, if you want to give out your on Twitter stuff um, like that My Twitter is Nicole Kitgrinch. <laughs> <laughs> um it was a spur of the moment kind of thing like where I was like, "Oh, let's do it just for fun, just for shits and gigs." My Instagram, I don't know, do people really use Instagram? Probably not. I just I'm mainly active on my Twitter, so if you would like to follow me there. Don't follow her I, if you agree that Experiment 4 is an awesome song. Oh, yeah. Because it no. is. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. It's a great song. And I will make sure that everybody at my um, Halloween party <laughs> will listen to it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush, another song episode down. Oh, we're getting closer to the end of the Hounds of Love season, but we still have more, but there is more. In fact, next week, we're going to be talking about a non-album track, released not on a Kate album track, was on a soundtrack and then got re-released in several different other formats. Be Kind to My Mistakes, which was used and written for the movie Castaway that came out in 1986 in the UK and 1987 in the United States. So that's the song we're going to be talking about next week. And then we have several other collaborations that we'll get to talk about in the weeks after that. But first things first, if you're enjoying what I'm doing, you can go to patreon.com slash katebushpodcast to become a subscriber and get all sorts of rewards. Everybody likes rewards. You can go to twitter.com slash strangekatecast to follow me on Twitter. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast, and also on the web at kb, that's me as a boy, cast at .linkmedia .com. You can also email me kbcast at linkmedia.com. 
I'm going to be putting together a Let the Weirdness In episode very soon because we're getting to the end of another season and I've already gotten some other fan mail and things. So if you would like to contribute to that episode, you can feel free to message me in any of those. We also have a hotline, 757-349-6886, and your message can be played during the show. All right, so I hope everybody will continue with the show and join us next week for a discussion of Be Kind to My Mistakes with longtime fan Daniel Thomas. See everybody then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.